Today on Lockdown Red Wings, who's going to be a good fit to fill in this Red Wings forward core? Could you see a Nazem Kadri, or will they go with a more temporary uh, replacement like a Cal Yarncroc or a Matthias Janmark? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty is host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, I'm a producer over at 97, won the ticket. And today, Scotty, well, first, don't want to get ahead of myself. Today's episode is brought to you guys by Bet Online. Uh, the webpage is frozen. Here we go. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, if you guys didn't notice, which you probably did, we did not have a Monday episode. Sunday was Father's Day. We always record a day before. That's your explanation. We were just, uh, well, we were just celebrating Father's Day. It was a busy day for all of us. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Tuesday edition. Yes. <laughs> I love your input there. <laughs> yes. We're going to be yes. talking about the free agents on the forward side of things. Now, this is the... With every conversation we do, when we break down goalies, defense, forward, with whatever it is, forward is always the one we go to last because forward's always the deepest. We started it on Friday's episode when we talked about Johnny Goudreau uh, because he kind of deserved his own episode, having a 115-point season with Calgary Flames. It's looking like he might not resign with Calgary just because of the fact, like, how's an extension not done yet? I know, obviously, Steven Stamkos a couple years ago waited until, like, a day before free agency to sign his extension, but... So that was a conversation that was had, and Scotty and I, and we disagreed a little bit on, on, on whether or not they should sign him, but overall, we were kind of on the same train of thought. Uh, it's, like, it's like in math class when like two people both get the right answer, but their work is different, so one person gets like more points than the other. Yeah, yeah. You sh- we One of us showed our work better, and it was me, and so I got full marks. You got like two marks. <laughs> uh, you know what? I was going to say it was me before you did, so so I, I respect you getting there first. <laughs> I just I know where your mind's headed most of the time nowadays. It's fair. It's fair. Um, today, though, there's a lot of forwards to talk about, and I guess we should get right into it so we don't waste any time. There's three forwards outside of Goudreau that I feel like we need to at least touch on. Um the Red Wings center depth is what screams the most. And there's a lot of wingers out there. And we, something that Max Boltman mentioned on uh, our episode with him is that there's always a lot of really good wingers in the free agent pool. It's always centers that you struggle to find. And there's actually a couple of pretty solid centers that you could go after. And, and namely the guy you want to go after, if you're real legitimately trying to take a leap in this off season is Nazem Kadri. And I know that's a little bit of a, some people will agree with it. Some people won't because Nazem Kadri is a little bit of a controversial player. Not because he's like his off the ice stuff. There's no off the ice stuff. It's just on the ice. He, he has a target on his back uh, for better or for worse. Sometimes it's deserved for him. Sometimes it's not, but he's a highly productive player, especially lately 87 points in 71 regular season games this year. He was on fire in the postseason before he got injured, could return shortly at 31 years old. He might not be or probably will not be returning to the Colorado Avalanche. You sign a guy like Nazem Kadri, who is looking to get his, you know, big payday here 
you know, that immediately becomes your second line center on this Red Wings team, maybe even top line center competing with Dylan Larkin for that top line spot. And it could, it really does shore up one of the biggest weaknesses that the Red Wings have. The obvious downside is he's him in a contract year is playing out of his mind and you're going to have him until his, you know, late thirties. If you're going to try and sign a guy like him. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's honestly, there's a lot of interesting names in the center market. I think center is a, is alone, a fascinating thing to look at. And I think there's, there's quite a few options there, depending on uh, what direction you want to head, whether you want to do kind of like the more band-aid guys, maybe, have some some dudes that could play for a future contract, but for our, kind of our expected only be here for a year or two. And then you have uh, like top end guys that that you could sign a long term, and and then you have people below that even that are more like total shot in the dark guys. Like there is there f- for the center is very obviously the position that the Detroit Red Wings depth wise need to address the most, or just organizationally. And so the fact that that there are so many fascinating options out there is is um, makes it well fascinating. Well, like Nazem Kadri, for instance, on the on the Colorado Avalanche, which you know Stanley Cup final, just blew out the Lightning seven to nothing in Game Two. Game Three is happening as we record. So we, well, how are you feeling about this. that? How you, the seven to nothing beatdown? How are you just feeling about the series? Oh, it's been great. It's been so much fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to see Tampa actually legitimately struggle against the team. Abs in five. Don't sleep. It really feels that way, but the Lightning were down two nothing against the Rangers in the last series and came back and won that in six. So don't count the Lightning out yet. Oh, I'm counting um, them out. Okay, <laughs> but the the one and see like it's the thing about Kadri is is this team is looking to get better. The only one downside is is just how much you're gonna have to spend to get him, how long you will have him. Cap space, the money I'm not really so worried about. It's just you're going to have him until he's in his late 30s and how much of a step forward would signing a guy like Kadri now when you do need center depth because it isn't like you can, out of every guy we've talked about, this entire secret little miniseries, Nazem Kadri is probably the guy you could make the strongest argument for signing if this team is looking to make a, a step forward to winning because you immediately shore up that center depth so much and he's a guy that can bring that to the team. But it's just... Are you willing to dedicate all this money to a player till his mid to late thirties? Do you think that that your window, hopefully your window is open by the time he's out of his prime, but can he keep that production up as well? For sure. And, and th- that's definitely the biggest question is, is length of, of contract for him. But there's also some, you know, when looking at a lot of the like top, top end centers out there, like they are, four five years older in age than him too so it, it it's a fascinating not that you know that that pretty much takes up us out of the market for like Giroux, Malkin, Bergeron you know what I mean like that Bergeron that's pretty much like it right so yeah like that they're they're too old not in the sense that they're bad anymore or necessarily but they're just too old for the Detroit Red Wings to really for it, that that fit to make sense whereas he is is you know, he's right in that in-between stage where you're like, okay, you could lock him up long-term and and hope that he's productive for 75% of that deal. Or you lock him up for two to three years and just give him a lot of AAV and kind of hope that, you know, like, oh, well, you have him for his whole peak. And then when he hits his mid-30s again, he'll, he'd be back on the market, I guess. But, I, you know, 
players aren't stupid. So like, I'm sure he's looking for, for a longer term thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't think there's any way he takes less than like at less than five years at this point, because this is going to be, he's never been. And here's the other gamble with Nazem Kadri. He's been great this season. And it would, like I said, shore up that glaring weakness on the Red Wings. One of their glaring, two glaring weaknesses, center depth and defensive depth being the two glaring weaknesses. But he hasn't been, the Nazem Kadri we've seen this year is not the Nazem Kadri he's been his career. He's always been a half point per game, at best a three-quarter point per game player. This year he's exploded. And, you know, you, you wonder at 31 years old how much is, you know, him just finally becoming who he's always been or how much of it is you know, just the team he plays on. So that's the gamble right. you got to play with him. But this all, again, this all comes down to the mentality that Steve Eiserman is going to have. Nazem Kadri, like I said, you could make the strongest argument to signing a big contract with Nazem Kadri that you could more so than any other player because center depth is the area you need the most. But oh, I cool. still am not sure if that is the right move to make because I'm still of the belief it's another Band-Aid year. But again, Nazem Kadri is the guy you could make the strongest argument for, and I would be the most okay with with throwing some money at because he's also going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than a guy like Johnny Goudreau would be. Johnny Goudreau obviously being a winger, but Goudreau is going to um, demand somewhere in the above ten million, maybe close to twelve million range. You could probably get, in my estimation, this is my speculation, but you could probably get Nazem Kadri under ten million dollars because his last contract played him four point five. So obviously he'll be looking for a pay raise, but. Seven, eight million dollar range for five, six years. I'm not really sure. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, an agent, but that is that is where I have a, I have a gut feeling you could probably get him around. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, I think you're right in the ballpark there. Um, it, it'll be interesting, and and I mean, like I said earlier, there's plenty of other names on this list that are pretty fascinating. Well, and we've also talked on end about whether or not these players want to come to Detroit. Um, I think it'd, it'd be tough. It'd be tough just because of where the team's at, trying trying to get any big name in, but it's not impossible, especially when Steve Eisman is your GM. Today's episode is brought to you guys today by BetOnline.net. It is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment 2, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, We got, what, one more probably as as far as centers go that everyone's going to want us to talk about. And that's, of course, Evgeny Malkin. Uh, much hated in Detroit, I'm sure, still from the 08 and 09 Stanley Cup Finals. But 35 years old, injury prone, did have uh, was over a point per game in the 41 games he did play this season. I'm sure he's going to be looking for a high AAV, but I'm not sure how long of a contract he's going to get at 35 years old. I'm not sold on Evgeny Malkin. I don't think he really fits where this team is headed, to be honest, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, we, me. we, we talked about it, you know, we, we talked about it um, just before the break. Like there are some players that uh, fit for both parties, not really there. So, yeah, like obviously it'd be cool, but I, I don't really think that that's uh, something that either party is seriously considering, if considering at all. Yeah. So do you want to move into some of the more 
what I would consider again, what I would consider realistic names, or is there anyone sure. else you wanted to touch on? Um, no, I mean, like, what do you consider Forsberg? I think he's in the same camp of, as Goudreau. Like, would I be absolutely pumped to see him in a Red Wings uniform? Absolutely. But sure. again, left wing is not a position of, I mean, every position is a position on, of need on the Red Wings, but you need centers and defense more. I'd, I'd be more willing to throw it at a guy again like Kadri, especially because Forsberg's coming, for, Forsberg is coming off of making $6 million. So you're looking at paying him north at probably nine, ten million. And again, we have a the Red Wings have a ton of cap space, and they have to spend sixteen million to get to the cap floor this offseason. And I, some of that's going to go to the RFAs and some extensions that are going to be made. Well, actually, extensions would come into play once that contract actually ends. But they have to spend probably around ten million after RFAs. So you could always make an argument for any one individual guy, or you could be do the smart thing and shore up you know, all your defense and center depth issues. So when it comes to the guys like Forsberg and Gaudreau, who are wingers, I'd rather spend that on centers and defensemen where the team is really, really struggling. Yeah. I mean that I, I guess I, first off, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a reality where for maybe, I don't know, maybe it's Say just it. cause no, like maybe it's just cause the Red Wings are just like so weak there, but like I, I'd throw Forsberg in the middle. Like why, like why not? I don't care. Um, I, and at the end of the day, like, I don't know, like, I, I understand that center is the biggest need for sure, but, um, it's not like center is, is crazy thin. And then the wings are just like oozing with, with high end talent. Like, you know, I, I guess this is no, kind of I, a draw argument just, yeah. you know, part two, but, um, it, it, it's, it, you're right. They, they don't ooze with talent from any position. At all. And you have one guy at maybe each spot, each role that is like the guy currently. So, you know, your, your best defenseman is Moritz side. Your best center is Dylan Larkin. Your best right wing is Lucas Raymond. Your best left wing is Tyler Bertuzzi or whatever, you know, whatever side they're playing on that given night. Yeah, there you go. And they down the rest of the lineup, much room for improvement. But when it comes to value, I value center more than I do wing because center is a more versatile position. It's a position that is much more needed uh, in the game because they have such a higher defensive responsibility than a winger does as well. So that's why I tend to value uh, centers in this and would rather spend money on centers. That's my own personal philosophy. It's not anything like, again, if they signed Forsberg or they signed Goudreau, I would be pumped to wear the Red, the Red Wings uniform, you know, the Red Wings jersey. But I, I just personally, I just value centers more in this time, this, in this, moment in the rebuild sure fair enough um speaking of centers that i think would be good fits again nazim kadri i'd be down for but vincent trocek of the carolina hurricanes i think is another good option he's 28 years old he's coming off a contract that paid him um 6.25 million this past season but it it uh fluctuated a bit every single year it's 4.75 a, a cap hit across his entire contract his last season here with the Carolina Hurricanes, he had 51 points in 81 games played. I think he's a really solid option for the Detroit Red Wings to lock up, I would say, longer term. And, you know, have a bona fide second-line center, slide Q Suter down to third center where he'll probably excel. I think that solves a lot of your center depth without breaking the bank. Yeah, no, I, I like that move a lot. And we talked about it a little bit off air before we started, too. I, I, I think that's a... That's a really good, versatile move 
that that can kind of check any box you know what i mean like oh if it, if it works out longer term that's fine if it doesn't that's also fine like no matter what you're you're kind of you're, you're kind of crushing it when i saw the vincent trocheck was 28 too i was like that can't be right it feels like he's been in the league for years mm-hmm. agreed um, other guys that you could always look for as well um ryan strom of the new york rangers i assume he'll get re-signed but if you be on the lookout if he doesn't he wore the A this past season with the New York Rangers. He had 54 points in 74 games played. He's a he is a solid center who I could absolutely see center slash right wing who I could absolutely see again fill that second line center because that's that again this comes back to my own personal preference I guess Scotty but I I just feel like that second line center is such a crucial position the Red Wings need to fill and address yeah, as soon right. as possible especially when there's actually quite a few solid you know second line centers out there. Yeah, well, I mean, also, like, I mean, just going into next season, think about how nice it would be to have Pew Suter be a third-line center. Like, that'd he be awesome. You would kill it there. Right. Like, that, that's a great role for him. He he can excel. He's talented enough to, to really excel at, at that. Um, and I don't think that it would be, you know, like, too big for his britches anymore. I, I think that that would be really ideal for Suter as well and therefore the team. So I, I agree with you. I think – I think two C is is one of the more important positions to uh, to address. Well, and then there's also Andrew Cop. It's really crazy too. A lot of these guys I'm naming are teams that you know made pretty deep runs in the playoffs. Yeah, but Andrew Cop, sure. who was acquired by the Rangers at the trade deadline, 27 years old, can play left wing, right wing, and center. So you can slide in whenever you need him. He had a total of, um. Well, they have it broken down by team. He had 35 points in 56 games with the Winnipeg Jets and 18 points in 16 games with the New York Rangers over a point per game. Obviously playing on a bit better team with the New York Rangers. His production definitely uh, bumped up because of that. I, again, I just, I think the Rangers are going to do everything they can to get him to a long year, uh, long-term extension. But if the, he doesn't, he'd be a guy I'd be like throwing money at to secure that second line center role on the Detroit Red Wings. Because again, I am beating a dead horse at this point. That is a position to need. It's just a guy. So Vincent Trocek, Andrew Kropp, Ryan Strom are my long-term solutions or longer term solutions for that second line center role. If you want to address it this year and make a step towards competitiveness. Odds, the Detroit Red Wings bring back AA. Very minimal. I think they have a higher <laughs> I, chance. Yes, you are. I, I agree with you. It's it's not going to happen, but the fact that he's still only 27 is crazy to me. I think they have a higher chance of bringing back these other former Red Wings organizational alums than they do Andreas Athanasiu. I don't have an ad read here, so it's not really. Oh, I was, I, was like, I was like, are you going to like do it? Or? Yeah. Um, if I had an ad read here, it'd be great. Great segue. But uh, when it comes to short-term solutions, Scotty, I was thinking maybe like a Cal Yarncrock or Matthias Janmark, both guys that were I drafted by the Red Wings. I, I love the Matthias one. Yeah. Um, well, I think Cal Yarncrock's 30 and Matthias Janmark is 28, um, 29 I think, years old. I think he's 29, yeah. I think those guys are really good. They don't have to necessarily play 2C, but they shore up the third and fourth line depth. Uh, at center as well, especially if you decide to let Sam Gagne walk, which I'm still not sold on because I love Sam Gagne. Yeah, that, but, we uh, talked about that. Yeah, they're two guys who have had you know established good careers at the center at a depth center role. Cal Yarncroft, especially, you know, didn't finish the season strong with the Calgary Flames after being dealt from the Seattle Kraken, but he's had a solid career, especially in his time with the um, 
Nashville Predators, which is who the Red Wings traded him for, for David Legwand. Remember that? Remember when David Legwand was a Red Wing? I do remember when David Legwand was a Red Wing. Yeah. But uh, 26 points in 49 games played with the Seattle Kraken before being dealt to the Calgary Flames, where he had just four points in 17 games played. A career high of just 35 points. He's about a half point per game player. He really looks like he he would solidify that third and fourth line center role, which is still a position a spot of need if you if you're dedicated to Pew Suter being your second line center. You can get Cal Yarn, Crocker, Mateus, Jan Mark, get them back in the Detroit Red Wings organization, slide them in there as center, and then boot, bada bing, bada boom, you have Joe Valeno, maybe your fourth line center, and you're good to go. No, I I, I like that a lot, and, and those are those are some names that. Again, like we we talked about, and and that I I am very much in approval of the one of the other ones I I wanted to bring up was everybody's favorite trade deadline theory and narrative was oh we're gonna trade Vlad and then he's gonna come back. I thought about now, that today. Now now we're here, so now we're talking about forward free agents. What, what what are we actually thinking about that now that it's not, you know, the day of the trade deadline and uh, and and we're full of emotion? I mean, I'd be down for it. I'd be 100 percent down for it. He loved it here. Red Wings fans loved him here. He was pretty productive in a depth forward role and, you know, he showed potential to step up. So I think he'd be open to coming back. And I, I, I would hope the Red Wings would be open to coming back because he did just bring tremendous value to the locker room and on the ice. I would I would 100% want Vlad, Vladislav Lemesnikov back if he'd be willing to come back. Do you think he's willing to come back? I think he would be. I he clearly I he loved it too. here. I I think I think he's only... still going to go wherever the most money is. For sure. And I I think that's what it's going to come back down to our front office and uh what kind of money we are legitimately putting at Nemestikov. That's where I think that gets interesting. Yeah, I can. I agree. I I really want. I would love. What what did the Red Wings pay him again this past season? Let me double check on that one. I think. Well, you know, there's three or four different places that that have salary projections, but he's around like two or three most places. Yeah, they had him. He was only paying him two million dollars, and obviously, he played much more wing with the Red Wings than he did center. But he was so good in that depth center, depth wing role, rather, and you'd probably. I don't think if you'd get a raise, I don't think it would be much of a raise because his his production was around his career pacing. If anything, he would get a raise because of inflation more than anything. So he might get a he might get projected like three million dollars, but that's still not a lot for a depth winger. That's you know you know what he's going to bring and you know he's going to be a positive asset in the locker room. I also like Max Domi as an option too. Another guy that's bounced around in a lot of he, he kind of screams Steve Eiserman taking a flyer on, kind of like sure. Sebastian Aho was for me on defense. Just a guy that, you know, he did he did find his footing a little bit this past season uh with Carolina, but uh he still never really lived up to the hype. I project player, yeah, sure. I, I could see uh Steve Eisenman bringing him I, in. I, I'm down with I'm down with project. And and he's one of the younger dudes in this entire free agent class, too, you know. Yeah. Oh, he he really is. And you know. And the more we talk about this, Scotty, though, too, is I, I'm getting more and more on the, like, you have all this free agents, you have all the salary cap to spend, and you actually have to spend. You have to spend some of it to get to that floor. Like, I'm kind of talking myself into, like, really taking a shot at Nazem Kadri. Is that wild? Is that crazy thought? I don't, no, I don't think so. I mean, this, again, 
we anybody we bring in is going to be uh, be able to replace somebody and it's going to be an improvement like it's going to any of these dudes we have named are going to be able to slide in somewhere in lines one through four and be an improvement over somebody like that's just the reality of of the state of the team so like yeah hell yeah fire me up why not i i, just... I think i i think it, it checks all the boxes it does. Um, it does check all the boxes. I just I get worried about the consistency because he, he just it was just his first year of being really, you know, really a borderline elite level talent at center role, and I'm just getting a little afraid that, you know, maybe that doesn't pan out. You know, center slash wing role. I just because because if you commit all that money to him. Because you're dedicated to this team taking a real huge step forward, and he his production goes back to fifty. What's points, all that money to you? It's north of seven million. That's okay. a lot to play for a guy who's like only scoring fifty points. Fifty points ain't bad for a second line center. I don't, you know, I don't want to get that twisted. But if you're committing over seven million to a guy because that's what he's going to be demanding on the free agent market, you always overpay for free agents. For sure, you want him to be able to maintain that level of you know, production for at least three or four years into his mid thirties. And I'm just, that's the only worry, but I, I kind of, with all this cap space, I do kind of want the Red Wings to go out there and sign a defenseman or sign a, a center to really take a, a, a dedicated big step forward this off season towards competitiveness. But that again, goes back to whatever the philosophy is of the front office on what they want to do this next season with the Connor Bedard draft coming up. Correct. And, and I, again, I, I think, We've said it a lot, and I, I'm going to say it again. I think it's possible to do both. I, I don't think, you know, I, I think it's possible to bring in a, a big name person and still be committed to the direction and, and not really move the needle on where you stand in the rebuild or whatever. You know, people are worried about the draft next year, the what pick we're going to have, et cetera. I think it's very possible to do both. I, I don't think that's that's a, a ridiculous thing to, to assume or to ask. I, I don't think so either, man. I just, it's getting to a very pivotal point in the rebuild where yeah, if it's not time, this off timing season, is of the essence from now on. You want to make sure you do it at the right time, but it feels like the time is getting close. And I think a lot of Red Wings fans, myself included, are are getting eager to pull that trigger. And I know Steve Eiserman's smarter than most of us average Red Wings fans, where you know he's going to hold out and be patient as long as possible. You also don't want to miss that opportunity. So it feels like this off season or next off season is really going to become that spend heavy or begin to spend heavy. And it's just with a guy like Nazem Kadri in the free agent market this year. And again, if he can maintain that level of production, the rest of his career, then you really, you really hit a home run on that assigning like that. But again, it's just that, that risk factor of whether or not he can maintain that level of production. I just, I just really, sure. I'm getting, I'm getting eager, man. I'm getting impatient. I think a lot of people are. <laughs> and I think that that's why this is going to be, I think this has the potential to be the first like actual controversial off season of Steve Eiserman's tenure. Yeah. I mean, I think the safe picks, the ones that I would still endorse the most would be like a guy like Vincent Trocek or a guy like um, Max Domi, you know, someone who's, who's safe can carry Domi, you for Domi makes a lot of sense, man. Domi makes a lot of stuff. And I think Trocek does, if you're looking for a longer term option at second, second line center. But I still think that in the end, you would still want to improve on that position. If you're genuinely trying to become a Stanley cup contender, there are a couple of uh, wing spots too. I mean, we have only talked about centers really. And a, a couple of guys, you play center and wing. Um, but I, I do think that 
you know, there's a case to be made for Andrew Burakovsky and Valerie Nishkinen. If they either one of those guys leaves the uh, Colorado Avalanche, Valerie Nishkinen, uh, Jay Fresh actually on Twitter posted about it. His stat card is insane. Just two years ago with the Dallas Stars, elite defensive statistics, but offensively just could not score a goal. He was awful in the offensive zone and just looked out of place, but elite defensively. But since going to the Colorado Avalanche, he has come alive. I believe his his war percentile was like 98, 99% mm. since then, because obviously he's, he's scoring at a pretty impressive clip. This season with the uh, Colorado Avalanche, he had 52, goal, uh, 52 points in 62 games, 25 goals. He has 13 points in 16 playoff games so far. But, man, in 2018-2019 with the Dallas Stars, he only had he had zero goals, 10 assists for 10 points in 57 games. He was, he was a non-factor that season with the Stars. But ever since going to Colorado, every year has been an improvement. And this year, a lot like Nazem Kadri, he has exploded. And so if you're, if you're looking to you know shore up your wingers, Valerie Nishkinen is going to be looking for a payday, but he's only 27 years old, and you have a lot of cap space to spend. And I know I'm I with Phil Forsberg and Gaudreau, I was kind of hesitant, but Valerie Nishkinen, while looking for a payday, is going to command a lot less in the free agent market than Philip Forsberg, than Johnny Gaudreau. So if you want to get a genuine bona fide top two winger, that's not going to cost you a ton. I think uh, Valerie Nishkinen is a pretty solid option at that. Uh, yeah, I completely agree, and I and I think. You know, with that, the it's going to be really interesting to see how the market um, develops after, you know, when re-signing and once these two teams are done and everything. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of players from teams that went really deep into the postseason, if not the Cup, that that have the potential to be on the market or not on the market, and it'll. You know, depending on how the market shapes up, that will determine a lot of the salary too. Yeah, I, I'm. Again, it just goes back to Scotty. I'm really excited and a, and a little bit nervous about this off season because it's just about staying patient and just trusting in what Eiserman is going to do. I, I'm trying to continue to use my better judgment and align myself with what I think Eiserman is going to do, but none of us truly know what Eiserman is going to do because he holds it so close to the chest. Correct. And so, like, the, the eager fan in me is like, yes, go get Goudreau. Go get Nazem Kadri. Spend all the cap. The other, like, the patient side of me is like, come on, there's a method to the rebuild. Stay calm, Brian. <laughs> like, yeah, I, just, that, I think that's pretty much everybody at this point. It's so it's such it's such a pivotal moment in this rebuild, this offseason and next offseason. Absolutely. So Time, excited. Timing is vital. But, um, I mean, you, you, you've heard what I want, uh, Scotty, out of these fours. Are there... Any particular forwards that you're sold on you before you sign off that you just absolutely want? I feel like I've just been doing one-sided rambling this entire 30 minutes. <laughs> no, I, I I think I let you go because I, I think our lists were pretty similar. I, I think that, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before we went on air too about who we wanted to like go over. And I think most of those lined up and that's why it ended up being that way. But um, I, I really think Domi makes a lot of sense, man. I think that's the yeah. big one that I like have circled, right? I think that that makes a ton of sense. If he a hits the market and, and B is, is in uh in Steve's eyesight. Yeah. I mean, and that's another thing too, is consider what players are going to even hit the market. I think Max Domi exactly. is pretty much a guaranteed hit the uh, market. I think Nishkinen and Kadri are pretty much guarantees that the market, especially with yeah, the Kadri McKinnon sure. extension coming up. Yeah. So I think those guys are really guys to look at and they all serve a different purpose for the Red Wings. I mean, you know, uh, Nishkinen and Kadri would take, be a huge step forward to taking the rebuild seriously and trying to be competitive next year. 
And uh, Matt, well, Max Domi would be more of like a stay in the course, stay patient type signing. So sure. I think those, there's a lot of really interesting forwards to keep an eye on. And whatever Steve Eiserman is going to do is going to really tell the tale of what the next season is going to hold. Absolutely. So uh, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Red Wings your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Pull it up the read here. Uh, Locked on <laughs> NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Scotty and I will be back with you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place, your team, every day. Every day.